Hey, it's Yuli here. I'm your host today for this show. And today we have a really cool show. I talked to Melissa. This was a really cool conversation. Melissa is a nomadic entrepreneur and she's been working remotely for a period of seven years. That's a really, really long time to do something. So you can learn a lot from her if you want to do something as well and build a remote company. You'll hear her favorite spots in the world to work remotely from. You'll hear about her favorite tools, strategies, and tips which help her to do it across different time zones when she's traveling. More thoughts on hiring remotely and hearing a bit more on her challenges and how she's handling them and much more. Enjoy. All right, Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Can we start maybe by you telling more about yourself and more about uh, Malawi as well? Sure. Um, so my name is Melissa. I'm from Singapore. Um, I've been a remote worker slash digital nomad for the last um, seven, I think coming close to eight years now. Um, and out of those seven years, I've spent five of it running Mellowy, um, and we're a location-independent product design studio. So we do UX, UI design. Um, so we've been around five years. Uh, right now, we're at a team of eight, and everyone's spread out across seven countries, I think. And we work with just businesses of all kinds and all sizes around the world. So we have worked um, with, with a lot of startups from around the world um, to big companies like McDonald's, Samsung, Visa, um, and also we have done work with clients in uh, every continent but Antarctica. I'm still making it my goal to get Antarctica on the list. But They're getting now, more populated there, yeah. So fingers crossed, right? It's gonna it's gonna happen at some point. Um, so it's been it's been really exciting, really interesting ride. Um, learned a lot along the way. Um, we've designed for millions of users around the world, so it's been definitely quite the experience. Very cool. So sounds like you're a medic entrepreneur and you're running a remote business. So why choose this lifestyle and why a remote business? Uh, it's, it's mostly by accident. <laughs> so I kind of fell into being a, a nomad by accident. Um, I actually kind of fell into design by accident as well. Um, I think a big part of, of kind of stumbling onto, into those things was very much that, um, uh, I wasn't very happy with um, what I was being told that I had to do or the, the, the sort of life that I was supposed to lead. Um, I wasn't satisfied, you know, just doing a, a nine to five, clocking in, clocking out and just having only in, in Singapore, it's like 14 days of paid leave that you get in a year. And I was just not really okay with imagining that being the rest of my life. So I just decided to to just do some freelance work. Um, I learned how to design mostly trial and error and then that's kind of how I got started really really slowly as a, as a freelance designer um you know I look back and my work was was terrible but enough people liked it that you know I slowly started to get more and more clients I got better at what I did and then over time just just ended up um living in Vietnam for a while uh and it just kind of continued so I had a lot of clients and it just kept growing but none of my clients were actually in, in Vietnam. Um, they were all overseas in Singapore and Australia. But the business just kept growing anyway. And I, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I just kind of went along with it. Um, but at some point, I just realized like, wait a minute, if you're, not, if you're not actually here, then I don't have to be here. I can be anywhere. And that's when I started traveling and working remotely. Um, and back then, it wasn't, it wasn't really a thing. I think it was starting to become a bit of a thing. But, you know. It's relatively new, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know the term digital nomad. Uh, it's a new one. 
they they framed there. Yeah. So it was it was entirely by by accident, uh, and then yeah, fast forward to now, and the company's been around five years. I just I had to hire at some point because there was um, there was just too much work for me to to handle, and I just thought, well, why not? Like I, you know, if I don't want to be in an office, then I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who don't want to be in an office. So why not just make the whole um, team remote? And then it just it just went. Very cool. So. You're traveling from different countries, from one country to another, and you're running a business. So I'm really curious to know, what do you do when you get to a new place? I mean, is there anything that is structured in terms of how you actually help yourself integrate quicker to be able to work? I mean, how are you able to fly different locations and then uh, smoothly integrate into work from there? Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of systems. (laughs) I'm a bit little bit obsessed I think with having sort of systems of how to do things and you know a a couple of ground rules that I kind of have for myself is um, for example like just fly on weekends Um, I do actually a lot of a bit of prep beforehand not so much in terms of you know like googling where to where to go visit or what to do but a lot more sort of like mentally um, visualizing what my days are going to look like in that country. So, for example, um, every time I go to, to Europe, um, the, the time overlap that I have with my tea means that I typically have to start at 7 or 8 in the morning. And I'm, I'm not really a morning person. So I actually spend, you know, like a week just trying to envision like all the great things about starting work at 7, 8 in the morning. And I, I sort of mentally prepare myself um, to sort of slide into, into that lifestyle. Um, and I think, you know, as well, just once you, you you kind of get to the country, just a couple of things to do, make sure, you know, you get a SIM card, you make sure you test your um, Wi-Fi, you unpack everything and kind of set things up so that you're as comfortable as you possibly can be. And that could just be like having little bits of like decoration and everything. Um, but then also I live by my calendar and my calendar switches time zones. So I always know like when I need to show up um, for calls, when I need to hop onto a meeting. And it's just just a little bit of prep beforehand, and then after all, you just get used to it. I agree. I just want to add from myself, since I've been kind of doing it as well for a few years, I am also always taking care of my food and just knowing where I get my sources of food and water. It's like one of those basics when when I get to a new place. And this like covers my bases, and I'm able to really take care of myself, and then I can start taking care of work afterwards. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you cook a lot, like buy your own groceries and... I cook 90% of my food as well. So I don't oh, need to spend amazing. time going half an hour and commuting for a restaurant, waiting an hour, mm-hmm. waiting half an hour to pay for someone. Yeah. I just cook it in home and eat at home most of my food. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it, I think. And you get to know like the produce of the country as well. And it's always such a fun experience, like going to a new grocery store somewhere new and just being like, ooh, what do you have? And Each yeah. country is different. You know, I'm eating yeah. differently in any place. I'm assuming you're as well. Yeah, I, I think I cook a lot of um, the same things back like when I'm making food for myself just because I, I really like cooking so I kind of explore. But um, I will always like try something new at a grocery store wherever I'm at. But I will always try like local food at a restaurant. That's always like 100%. Mm-hmm. Nice. So before we jumped the call when I was doing some of my homework, I saw on your Twitter, you had a really interesting tweet where you asked your Twitter followers to choose the toughest challenge you oh. face for managing a remote team. And I saw the number one challenge was chosen there was loneliness and psychology. Uh, I'm curious to know, is this something you think you 
and your team are having uh, or maybe other people working remotely? And if yes, how, how do you combat it? Oh, that is such a good question. And um, yeah, some, some backstory to that Twitter poll was, was um, you know, I was trying to, I was just a bit curious. I was kind of trying to figure out what, what it was that um, a lot of remote workers tend to struggle with. And so I actually put down, you know, the, the, there were four options and the first three were quite team management, um, time zone and communication. Um, all challenges, yeah. Team, team culture. And it was quite work oriented. And then just on a whim, I just kind of put down like loneliness and, and psychology. Um, and that was because I realized like, you know, there are a lot of things in, in having built this company up that I've, a lot of challenges that I've faced. Um, and a lot of the ones were quite, quite easily just overcome. You know, you learn a new skill, you figure out how to do something. It's, it's tough and it's challenging. But the one that kept coming back that was such a struggle was just dealing with my own psychology, um, dealing with like how I was feeling, my emotions. And it was one of those things that just, it's, it's not an easy thing to solve for. And so I just kind of threw it in because, I, I, you know, I know it's, it's tough to um, run a company or manage a team. And I think at that point in time, maybe I was also kind of feeling quite a lot of that. Um, so I just put it in just, just as a whim um, and just a third of the results. I think we had close to a thousand votes. Yeah, I said it was around 900. Yeah, it, it was um, just every, a third of them picked that, you know, and all the people that sent in uh, replies all kind of elaborated on, on the loneliness and psychology part of things as well. And I, I do think that it's quite, um, it's quite a big problem. And it's not just a problem for remote workers. I mean, it's especially so, but I think just in general, um, in, in everyday society, it's kind of, you know, the more connected we seem to be te technologically, um, the more separate we sort of are or that we feel in, in society. Um, and I think that when you're a remote worker and you sort of travel all the time, you make a lot of new connections, but, you know, they don't, they don't last for very long, but also... Temporarily, yeah. Yeah, you know, you make a lot of new friends, but the the it's it's a lot harder to sort of achieve that, that depth. Um, and then on top of that, when your teammates are not there with you, or when you're working on something by yourself, and you kind of hit a bit of a frustrating point, or you feel a bit invisible, or you feel a bit isolated, it's it's really hard to to solve for because you don't have the people there. And so, a hundred percent, it's still um, a challenge that that that. I face at, at, I think more so at work than um, in my personal life, but at work, it does feel quite isolating sometimes or quite lonely sometimes. And I think I've, I've had members of my team say the same thing. I've had a lot of, of nomad friends who have said the same thing. And um, I don't think that there is an easy fix or an easy solution. I think it, it's a lot of having habits and sort of being quite conscientious and being quite mindful and remembering to sort of stay in touch with a lot of people and, you know, maybe it's something like finding a base where, where you have some of those deeper friendships and then just kind of travel from there. But uh, it's a hard one to solve for. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I've definitely faced it myself. And I know many other people who are maybe living similar lifestyle as well, running businesses and just choosing to live in different places. One of the things which helped me, which I can share right now, is just traveling with my partner. So I had a period when I was doing this lifestyle and wrote thing alone. And I definitely had times when I felt it as well. But when I started being with someone else, it definitely um, transformed it for sure. And I know many of the people which I'm hiring, many of the people 
in my teams, I think we are partially facing as well. We are social creatures. So one of the things which came back in another interview I've done is the CEO is trying to engage the people in social activities. So after yeah. a while, you can really go over what he's doing. He's trying to send them to social activities, like, and they're even sponsoring. So they're actually like paying for doing physical stuff and being with other people because we are social creatures, basically. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Um, I would definitely agree with the social creatures and 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 with the team. Actually, we have um, daily stand up every Monday to Friday. It's the same time every single day, and you know, it's it's always really nice. And 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 I love my teams. So I always look forward to it. But a part of that is also because you know we have fun, we crack jokes, we laugh, we talk about things, and then we talk about work. And it's always such a nice sort of interaction to to have. And it's 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 sort of um. I would say the day kind of almost wraps itself around that stand up, like it forms around the stand up, and and you know we don't we don't ever miss stand up as as a team, but individually as well. Like we try not to to ever miss it, um, and I think it's such an important like contact point. Um, but also, we found that you know having scheduled just have fun, let's talk about stuff. Time it sounds it sounds just really inorganic or really sort of like unsexy to like schedule in time to like hang out and have a chat. But that's kind of the, the reality of remote working is that if you don't put it in, then it's, it's, it's quite hard to have it happen organically. Oh um, yeah, totally. If you don't have something in your calendar, then probably it won't yeah. happen. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's how I live my life. <laughs> so you've been having this lifestyle for seven years and you're mm-hmm. running company for five years what would you do differently if you would start over oh that's again a really good question um i think i think one of the big things i probably would do a bit differently i I feel like actually a lot of the things i would have done differently is quite um on, on more of like a personal level i think one of the hardest things was when i first started the company it was I went from being sort of like a freelancer where it was, it was all about like, like my brand, I guess, or, or like I was the representation of that. Um, and so it was very personal. You're um, the brand. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as the company sort of went, um, the, it became such a huge part of my identity that anytime the company was having uh, a good day, I was having a great day. And every time the company was having a bad day, I was having the worst day of my life. And it's just that, that, simple like emotional roller coaster because so much of my identity was just like sucked into into work it just made me miserable a lot but it also made me a lot less effective and a lot less um uh, efficient you know because I, I i wasn't running it like a business i was running it like it was my baby and that caused a lot of misery um so that was a really big one and then i think the second really big one as well was sort of owning my role a little bit more for the first couple of years. Anytime someone would jokingly call me like, you know, the boss, I would cringe and I'd be like, no, no, you know, I'm not the boss. I'm like just one of, one of you guys. And you, that's very much how I am in my, in my personal life. It's just kind of how I am as a person, but bringing it to the workplace was actually doing a disservice to the company. And it was actually kind of leaving the team a bit leaderless and, I kind of brought in like my personal my personal perspective into the company in a way that it started impacting it negatively. And so I had to learn after someone just kind of said 
said it you know straight to me to be like you know um we need someone to look towards uh, we need someone to kind of like lead us lead yeah and, and it was so hard it was so hard for me to reconcile it was so hard to carry that full weight of that responsibility and 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 to feel like i had to you know set an example for everyone and i think it, a big part was that i i felt I thought that maybe setting an example meant that I had to be, you know, a bit more proper and a bit like stiffer and I had to have all the answers, um, you know, and I just couldn't really be, be myself. And I resisted that for the longest time. And if I could, I would kind of shake myself, you know, young, when I was a bit younger and be like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're suggesting taking yourself more into leadership position and uh, just trying to lead other people. If I get it right, yeah, I would say yeah. Don't um, or don't sort of like shirk your responsibilities. Um, and I think also a, a big one is just um, maybe you know feeling a little bit of an imposter syndrome, um, which I, I I think it's a it's a really common thing. Um, I think especially for for women, it's it's uncomfortable to be put into a, a position where people are sort of watching you or judging you or assessing you or critiquing you. Um, and you sometimes just feel like I'm not qualified enough or I'm not worthy enough. Um, and I think I was feeling quite a bit of that. Like I wasn't in, in enough to sort of lead the team. And so I just kind of, you know, pushed it away. So I think that was, yeah, that was quite a big part of it. Yeah. I do think many business owners are treating their business like a baby, as you said. Yeah. And I, I know I, did many times in the past as well. Like there's the emotional yeah. connection. And yeah. I also do see more and more women CEOs. So and definitely more mm-hmm. and more women in, in the business world, if they want to go there. I just see many examples. And here in podcasts yeah. and here in different talks as well, more and more examples of such people. Yeah, that's, that's really amazing. It's very, very encouraging. Are there any myths from this lifestyle? You've been doing it for quite a while, uh, three years longer than I've been doing. Are there any <laughs> myths for anyone thinking, hey, I want to build a business remotely, which you can think of? Yeah, myths. Oh, there are <laughs> so many, so many myths. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest one for me personally is that team culture cannot be built remotely. I so, so disagree with that just because like the team that, that, um, that I have right now easily hands down best team that I've, I've ever worked with. And it's not just that they're really good at what they do and they're really, really skilled. It is that they are just awesome, awesome people. They have, you know, we all share very similar values. Um, we've all been really in this, you know, like, uh, like I think everyone on the team has put, you know, a piece of their heart into this and it's just that team culture that you that you can have you can feel it even on on a, on a call like even on a video call just just joking around just talking you can feel it when you admit that you're struggling with something or asking for help you you feel it when somebody cracks a really dumb joke and everyone gets it i mean it's um to say that you know to to it's it's the strongest team culture that I've come across and 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 I'm probably a bit biased, but just the fact that I always look forward to stand up at three o'clock, I always look forward to to a meeting, to a call. Um, I feel like that says 
that says quite a lot. And I think we have a really solid team and we hired so intentionally for it. And we spend so much time and energy being very meticulous about it. Like we have put in, I think, a lot more thought and effort um, consistently over the last five years to maintain it, protect it, grow it than, than maybe some other businesses who take it for granted, like you're in a space, you just chuck people together and the culture will, will form, right? We've been so intentional about it and we've been very protective about it as well. So I think for sure that that would be, for me, the biggest myth um, that you can't have a good team culture remotely out of the many, many other myths that you're not true. What are some of the things you're doing to nurture and build your culture right now on your team? I think being very explicit about... Uh, values to have um ways to to sort of behave and and treat people and just always being extremely upfront about it it has to be quite explicitly explicitly said you know when even from the get-go if you come across like a job listing from us it puts it down there like these are our values or this is how we we operate when you're being interviewed we have a pretty rigorous hiring process Um, a hiring process would be um, when you send an application, it has resume, cover letter, portfolio, um, but it also has an introduction video. And that's because we get like hundreds and hundreds of applicants, um, anywhere from 700 to 1,000 applicants per job posting. And so we have to sort through quite a lot. Um, so that really helps us be able to sort of see, you know, learn a bit more about the person, sort of see what they choose to talk about. And then from those seven, eight, nine hundred applicants, um, we usually put only a dozen to two dozen through the interview rounds. And they have two rounds of interviews, one with me, one with our COO. And then if they get through that, they have a trial week with the entire team where they work on an internal project and they get paid for that time. But the whole time through, there are multiple rounds of vetting. The team have a say as well. And throughout the whole thing, we're just watching out for, you know, is this person going to add to the culture? Are they going to bring across that same sort of values? And, you know, we look out for the skill set, but the, the culture fit, I think, is a much bigger, much bigger, more important piece for us. And that's just by being very explicit and knowing very well what it is that we're looking for in a person that joins the team. So when you're hiring, you're mainly looking at their cultural fit. Are there any other things which you're looking when you're hiring someone? Because I know working remotely can be slightly different than an office for certain attributes. Are there some specific things which you're targeting and trying to look for in your applicants when you're hiring? Yeah, I would say um, being a a team player is obviously a, a really big one. And I think it's extra important when you're remote because it's, it's not an environment in which you can sort of like drag someone along to be like, you know, you've got to join in on this. Um, it has to be, that person has to be a sort of person that, that just automatically thinks about the team. So I think that's a really big one. And then the, the second is, I think anyone who has had some either experience working remotely or some experience working for themselves, if they're the sort of person that can sort of think big picture, how do I, how, how can I be valuable? How can I bring value to the team, to the projects, to our clients, to my teammates, to the business? And they're able to take initiative and sort of start things on their own. Mm-hmm. Like those are all uh, really good traits to, to have in a remote employee. Very cool. Very cool. So what are the tools which you're using to actually run your remote business? Are there any favorite uh, tools which you guys are using? Oh, I am such a huge fan <laughs> of real-time board. Like, 
Of what? Real-time board. They're like a whiteboard um, kind of canvas tool. Have you ever ah, heard? Ah, whiteboard, you mean? Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a whiteboard, but it's called real-time board. Okay. So it's, um, I've, I think I've been using them for maybe a year and a half. I want to say a year and a half. No, maybe more than that. And I use it for just like everything. Um, we do like virtual client workshops with our clients all on real-time board. Um, I plan out like, you know, uh, this is the company structure, these are the company goals, like strategically, tactically, sort of like check them off. Um, I use it just to put down like sort of sales processes or like workflow processes. Um, What's the URL of that one? Just for anyone so listening good. in. Real time board. So it's R E A L real time T I M E and then board B O A R D dot com. All right. I'll make sure we'll include it in the show notes. Oh, so good. I'm such a huge fan. I think the amount of like gushing that I do about them is a bit, is, is a bit ridiculous, but they're just so good and, and really impressive product. I think they have a really solid product team and they, they constantly release like new updates that are just all super on point, super solid. I'm not being paid for this. I promise. <laughs> We're not affiliated oh, like in, in any yeah, end here. They're so good. So I would highly encourage checking them out. Any other tools or favorite ones in your toolbox? Favorite ones? Um, Google Calendar. I mean, I know it's kind of a standard and it's not new, super exciting, but it's, you know, really, really robust and they have done a lot of things for sort of managing time zones as well. Um, so because I live by my calendar, it gets an A++ for me, especially with this new redesign. And then, I mean, Slack is, a, is, is really well known, but um, specifically the Giphy uh, integration with Slack, where you can just you know, <laughs> Giphy someone. Uh, I think I respond to more things than I should with just GIFs. Um, <laughs> That's good. It has emotion, I think, in a... Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's visual, uh, and it kind of it kind of helps, gives you a bit of a laugh. But I think it also does add a bit to to just having a little bit more fun, a little bit of team culture, even if you're not like on a call. So yeah, I, I would recommend all those things. Uh, recently, we just discovered Notion. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's N O T I O N. I think they're pretty new, but so far it's been pretty fun poking around at it. All right. I'll, I'll make sure to include this in the link. What is the URL of Notion? I think it's Notion, N-O-T-I-O-N dot S-O. All right. No problem. I'll make sure to include it in the show notes. So I have to ask it. What are your top three favorite spots in the world to work remotely <laughs> and why? Top three spots, the favorite spots to work remotely. Um, okay. So straight off the bat, my favorite country place to be in, live in, work from, hands down, New Zealand. I love New Zealand. It is beautiful. Everyone is really, really friendly. Um, it's full of nature and sort of like outdoor activities. And when I was there, I was there for um, uh, like a winter season to do some skiing. So I was there for three months. And if I would spend my mornings either skiing or if I, if I didn't do that, then I would probably go like on a hike or just like drive around with a, with a friend. And it's just everywhere you look, it's so kind of like peaceful and it's really untouched. And um, it's, it's 
so beautiful everywhere you go but it, it also is such a change I think from um, a lot of really big cities where it's just this, it feels quite it feels like a constant sort of rat race that you're in and it feels like it's go 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 all the time and you don't really stop to to sort of take in a breath of fresh air I mean it'd be a bit hard to find fresh air here but you know it's it's um it's it's kind of um, it feels a lot in, in I think bigger cities like society has gotten very caught up in itself and it just wants to progress for the sake of progression without actually stopping to appreciate you know just things yeah, around um, and New Zealand just has that you know they have this work life balance that maybe leans a bit too far into the life side of the work life balance. Uh, <laughs> But it's just, you know, everything there is amazing. And people there are amazing. The nature is amazing. So many things to do. Um, and you just feel really, I don't know, happy. That's an important there. feeling to have, yeah. It, it is. And it's uh, surprisingly rare. So, you know, that's, that's a really I agree big, with this. big plus. Other two places. Oh, that would be so hard to choose. I really like Japan. Not necessarily to to work from, but it's just such a interesting culturally different place um everyone's you know super super polite but they 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 have ways and structures and systems of doing things that i just find really fascinating and everyone just pays so much care and attention to whatever it is that they're doing whether it's their job or something that they're working on or how they dress or how they arrange things or how they you know put food together um just the amount of care and and detail that goes into that is just you can't help but appreciate it and um the last one um i would say singapore just because they're you know it's kind of a bit of the opposite of new zealand it's you know it's big city um it's a lot of go 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 um it's uh, there's a lot of progress but i think the things that i really love about singapore is that there is a lot of meritocracy which means you know, it's really about what you do and the value that you bring at the end of the day. And, and I would say, you know, I've traveled around so much and this is by far the one place where I feel like, you know, people get along regardless of of race or religion or gender. Um, you know, obviously there, there are things that um, still kind of like segregate society a little bit, but, you know, you don't feel as limited here if you are of a racial minority or if you are of a specific gender, um, it's really just about like what you can do at the end of the day. And I, over the years, I've just come to really, really appreciate that about my country. So I have to, <laughs> I have to put that on the list. I have to ask you a question about your country. Around what well, hour ago, just before we started interviewing, I was actually listening to a podcast about happiness uh, when I was doing a walk here on the beach. And the guy that wrote a book about happiness said that Singapore mm-hmm. is one of the top three happiest countries in the world and in terms of satisfaction where you have a happy a type of happiness where people are satisfied with their life do you think that's true <laughs> i'm really surprised with that i have to say i'm actually really surprised with that i mean i to, to be perfectly honest i think that this is um a, a, a country and a city where you could have almost everything that you would want you know there's there is so little like almost like no corruption really everything is really really safe everything is really efficient effective everything works everything runs it's 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 
just the whole thing just works really well. Um, sometimes maybe a bit, you know, works a bit too well. And I, I do find that there's an interesting mix. And, and I think part of it is that, you know, it's my country, so I know it really well. And I've had years of just experience with people here living here and understanding it. I think that's, it's, it's, it's easy to be kind of spoiled with how amazing everything is um, and kind of take it a bit for granted. And I do see that around. But then I would say on the flip side as well, it's, you know, if you, if you take away um, all these sort of, you know, baseline mesal hierarchy type needs um, or the, the problems from not having those needs away, um, people should be happy. I don't know if anecdotally this is what I have discovered. <laughs> so that's why I'm surprised. But, you know, logically, I think it should make sense. <laughs> Very cool. So... Do you think remote work is the future? For certain industries, yes. I definitely do think so. And possibly in the future, as technology sort of develops, um, even certain industries that we think might not be, uh, be able to go remote, I think potentially could in some way, shape or form. But I, I would like to think that remote working is the future for a lot of people, um, a lot of industries, a lot of jobs. Nice. And you've been again, like running a company for five years and working remotely for seven. Is there one advice you would give to a founder or someone who is listening in and wishes to start also working remotely and growing her business? Just, just, I have to pick just one. You could do two if you want. Okay. Okay. Two. The first is, um, to, to systemize and visualize. I know it's a bit cheating because I combined two points into kind of like one, but they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so That's good, I accept, yeah. <laughs> to systemize, um, <laughs> just, you know, for, whether it's for yourself of how you work or how you travel or how you live, um, that's something that you can rely on. So it doesn't have to be you, you know, thinking about something all the time or you remembering to do something. But then also when you have a team, um, a system is something that, that should be able to sort of stand on its own and it's not relying on, you know, you or another person. Um, and, and it has sort of a clear way of people being able to work together, but it also does sort of scale over time. Um, and then visualizing that system helps sort of everyone. Um, I think a lot of remote working people are really concerned about um, communication. And the thing is communication issues happen everywhere, even in real life settings, um, sure. even in an office. Uh, going remote is the chance to be very intentional about there and sort of do it better. It's almost like you have to find a better solution. And visualizing by putting things down, whether it's words or a diagram or a sketch or a real-time board or a, a Trello Kanban, whatever it is, like visualize that so that people can be sort of looking at something um, together and it makes it sort of easy for everyone to stay on the same page and everyone to sort of understand. So that would be my first point of advice. The second is to take care of yourself. You I know, love it. it's so important. I, it's, yeah, like I learned it the, the, the hard way, right? So that's why I kind of keep preaching it now. And I feel like I say it really often um, because it's so easy just to, to think like, yeah, you know, I'll just, I'll just sleep when I'm dead, which I hear really often <laughs> or like, no, this is, this deadline is really, really important. And, or I see people sort of struggling emotionally or psychologically and, and they don't want to, they don't think that it's that bad and they don't want to get help for it or they neglect their body. 
they don't exercise, they don't eat right, they don't sleep well. And again, all the things I've listed out are all things that I've made my way through sometimes all at once. And it just takes such a toll on you. And it's kind of, you know, if you set out to to run a business, um, remote or not, it's because you sort of have a dream of, of where you want it to go and you want to enjoy that dream, right? Or if you set out to be a remote um, worker or a digital nomad, you do it because you're after sort of the benefits or or it sort of fulfills a dream of that lifestyle. And if you have both, like you're, you're kind of working towards a lifestyle that you want. And if you are not, you know, physically healthy, you can't enjoy it. If you're not emotionally healthy, you can't enjoy it. If you have just piles and piles of psychological issues that you just sort of swept under the rug, you're not going to enjoy it. At the end of the day, if you are not actually enjoying it, if you are not looking after yourself, then what's the point? Like, what are you sacrificing your health on all fronts for to meet a deadline to, you know, earn X, X more cash to like, what's, what's the point at the end of the day? Right. So that would be probably like my biggest piece of advice. Love it. I just want to strengthen your second point. I'm 100% with you. Uh, taking care of myself, I think is the number one important thing in my life and after I take mm-hmm. care of myself I'm able to take care of people I love I'm able to take care exactly. of yeah. my company my business which sometimes yeah. if you look at the baby analogy it's like sort of my baby which I'm growing <laughs> and I'm able to take care of the people in my team and I'll be able to mm-hmm. be a better CEO coach and leader as well so 100% yeah. um, with you there um, yeah. other like, any yeah. challenges of remote work which you think haven't been yet solved today I would say the big one would probably be that that whole loneliness psychology thing. I think as well that it it is really difficult to get to a point where as a a nomad that is on the go constantly, um, you have built up enough of a sort of support and stability around you. And and I think that that's really, really challenging. You know, there's so many benefits to this this lifestyle. And, and I will say as well that, you know, just because you're remote working doesn't mean you're traveling all the time. Um, but I find that it does tend to have quite a, a heavy correlation for quite a lot of people. And um, it's just fundamentally not a, a lifestyle that is full of stability. And I think that um, sometimes that lack of stability can make it very challenging to... to you know, focus 100% on, on work or, or being able to sort of grow that. Um, and I don't know if that's something that can really be solved and this whole sort of feeling a bit lonely and feeling isolated. Even if you're not a remote worker, I think that's some, something that's still really difficult to, to solve. I think there's sort of things that you can do to mitigate the symptoms or kind of help things out a bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's about feeling connected and and feeling like you have a place that you belong, you have your, your tribe and your community, um, you know, but if you're always on the go is, is have belonging to a digital tribe or community enough. Um, I, I'm not sure that I believe so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So perspective. I heard a thing, a nice thing where, for example, social media in one way connects us more than any other time in history, but in the same time, in some mm. aspects, it disconnects us more as well because there is no actual yeah. real human touch and people can build their fake yeah. online personalities even sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah. This can happen. So that's, that's an interesting perspective. Um, yeah. As we're getting kind of closer to the end of the show, I thought we can wrap it up with a few personal fun questions. So what's sure. the 
what's a fun or exciting thing you've done this week? This week? Oh, um, well, just, just literally just before um, hopping on here and, and talking to you, I was actually giving a talk um, also about remote working for people who are interested in sort of potentially making a change in, in their lifestyle. Um, and what I found really interesting was the range of people who were there and listening. Um, there were people that just worked in industries where you're just like, well, that's not really a digital nomad type industry, but it seems to have kind of hit the masses and kind of captured the fascination of a lot of different kinds of people, which is kind of, which is understandable. You know, the lifestyle does sort of set up this, this image of white sandy beaches and margarita in your hands. But I think it's actually much deeper than that. I think a lot of people are starting to feel as though, you know, society is telling me that I need to do all these things in order to be happy. And I've done all these things and I'm still not happy. Like, what is it that I'm actually after? You know, is it autonomy? Is it freedom? Is it new experiences? Is it purpose? Is it meaning? And I feel like there is um, this big question that, that more and more people um, seem to be asking and more and more people seem to be, you know, willing and, and a bit more daring sort of challenging the, the status quo and, and not feeling like they have to abide by society's conventions to be, I need to be a certain way in order to be accepted. I think people are starting to um, feel like their happiness and, and their purpose is more than what um, they've been hearing all their lives. And, and I feel like a lot of people are starting to become a bit more ready um, to, to take charge of that. Um, and it's not just about career progression. It's not about buying the fanciest car, the biggest house. It's about like, okay, at the end of the day, are you going to enjoy your life or are you not going to enjoy your life? And that for me is just such a, just such a really nice um, thing to, to sort of see. And it's just really kind of, you know, heartwarming, cheesy as it kind of sounds, but it's just, it feels good to see people kind of want to be happy and kind of try and go for it and try and gun for it as opposed to just, you know, following what, convention has told them to do so yeah i i'm definitely supportive not to follow what society tells you <laughs> follow your heart follow what you want to do agreed what's the first thing you do when you start your work day oh i need a coffee okay first i need a shower because <laughs> <laughs> i absolutely need a shower um i i i, I have sort of like a little ritual um it, I, just two weeks ago i was actually on a um, road trip in Belize in, in Central America and um, oh, it took two days to get there and four days to get back it was a long journey and um, in that time I was I was living in a van with a friend so he got an ambulance and then converted it into a van but because it was a van there was no wi-fi and there was um, no shower and I couldn't live with the no wi-fi I had a hard 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 time <laughs> with the no shower because I'm a shower two times a day if not more type person and that was a real like that was a real struggle I have like he managed to find a shower nearby like almost every day so I you know give him real props for that um but for me a, a day starts straight away get up it's got to be a shower put some like really good music on and just kind of you know, start my day out trying to wake up and trying to get some energy, but then also like singing along to some really good songs, um, you know, getting dressed and then I have to go get a coffee. And uh, almost all the time, um, I like spending a little bit of time in a cafe. Um, I don't 
do a whole lot of work anymore at cafes just because I need internet connection and I kind mm-hmm. of need a, like a bit more of like a proper space. But just to be able to get a coffee, you know, nice ice latte, no matter how cold it is, it's going to be iced. And I'll sit down and I'll just kind of relax a bit, have my coffee, just kind of enjoy the day a little bit, think a bit about what I need to do, what I have, what the day is going to look like, what the day is going to feel like. And yeah, that's how I start my day. It's very, it's not, it's not superbly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So, um, Alisa, where can people find you online? And if anyone listening in may be interested in the services of your design studio, where would you want to send them over to? Yeah, um, so you can go to our website. It's www.melewi.net, N-E-T. Um, you can also Google us um, and, and, and you'd be able to find us pretty easily, I think. Don't get us confused with the country, Malawi. It's two E's, not two A's. Um, also, you can find us across um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you're looking for me personally, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's instagram.com slash the design nomad. Uh, the same handle on Twitter as well and on LinkedIn. So fairly easy. And, and again, that's um, T-H-E- D-E-S-I-G-N-N-O-M-A-D. I know it's a bit long, but yeah. Ah, it's easy. And I'll, I'll make sure to add it uh, to the show notes <laughs> as well. <laughs> very cool. Um, Melissa, thank you very much for coming to the show. I know it's very late on you and in Singapore. It's morning time for mine here. So we made it uh, work and I appreciate you being on the show. That's all right. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the really interesting, insightful questions. It was really fun answering them and all good things to think about. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Small quest before you leave. So if you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate to receive a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. That can really help. And we also would love to hear any feedback that you have. Anything else you want us to ask anyone coming to the show anything you want to change improve add or something you like really any feedback we really really appreciate it have a great day